This is Maddie Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure you say whatever? We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. show, a show that talks about all the things that are important to the world of live fire barbecue, cooking and grilling and so forth, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. I am your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here. Do you want to jump in on the show? Rarely does anybody... What? If you want to jump in on the show tonight via email or phone call, this is how you contribute. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show, you can hit the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and here's what's happening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, we will find first Tuesday of the month, regularly cemented guest, the creator of How to Barbecue Right, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition barbecue team, and overall good guy, friend of the show, Malcolm Reed, will join me. And we will talk about a few different topics, a couple recipes that he has up on his How to Barbecue Right YouTube and webpage that we'll talk about. And then on his most recent podcast, Heath Riles and Malcolm were talking, not a lot, but a decent amount about barbecue trailers. And I said, well, if you're in the market, that means somebody else in this wide sweeping world of live fire might be in the market. And actually, as the newsletter rolled out and I started to get some feedback coming back in from the Centralites, a few people said, hey, I'm actually in the market for a barbecue trailer right now, so I'm looking forward to this conversation you're going to be having with Malcolm Reed. So I would I would hazard a guess that Malcolm is not a pro. He's not buying, you know, Heath Riles, if you listen to Malcolm's podcast, he buys a new trailer custom made every two years, but he is in the barbecue business per se and part of that business is cycling out the barbecue trailer every couple of years he gets the depreciation out of it then he kicks it to the curb gets a brand new one in order to take advantage of that depreciation from a tax standpoint however there is a need to consult and ask questions and malcolm is currently in the market so we'll talk to him about how he's buying a barbecue trailer or what he's looking for and why is he bar uh buying a barbecue trailer if you listen to some folks they would sit there and say that barbecue trailers and motorhomes are contributing to the lack of growth and lack of enthusiasm of competition barbecue so 
All things that we will talk about with Malcolm here in about 10 minutes. Then we will move to 35 past the hour and we will welcome back who will now be a second time guest. She is a steak cooking champion. She's on her way down to Fort Worth, Texas this coming weekend to take part in the Steak Cook-Off Association's World Championship in Fort Worth. And on top of all that, last week inducted into the 2019 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame, I am, of course, talking about Angel Todd, if you can believe it or not. So we'll be talking to Angel about, obviously, the huge upcoming contest in Fort Worth and where the nerves at, if you would recall, Angel is a whopping 17 years old and seeing success uh, to a fair amount on the State Cooking Association circuit. Also, her dad is a competitive barbecue cook and competitive steak cook, and both Angel and her dad are SCA reps and do contests. So very well accomplished at a young age and going up against the best of the best this coming weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that, hype it up, and then we'll look back at some of the other contests she's done since the Hartville win. And maybe she'll even talk a little bit about the huge distinction of being part of that guest hall of fame for the Barbecue Central show this year of 2019, part of that class. And that will round out the first hour. Then we will head to the second hour where we will find a returning and what was a very regular guest back in the beginnings of the show, probably for the first four and five years, maybe even longer than that. A hugely respected journalist, uh, maybe if not by anybody, at least by me, and that's all that counts. Somebody who has broken many stories, has a lot of insights and contacts, and from all accounts, again, hugely respected in the industry. And I don't know how many barbecue journalists, a lot of writers, a lot of opinionated people like myself, but I hate writing, so I would never write. But a lot of uh, opinion makes, but Derek, to me, is the essence of journalist. And we will revisit with the one and only Derek Riches, who also happens to be a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Fame inductee for the class of 2019. So we will catch up with Derek. We'll also also talk about the recent, it's not a huge reveal yet, but it is being leaked out here and there, is that Weber pellet cooker Derek did an article on it last week, I believe, so we'll obviously spend some time talking about the new Weber pellet cooker that may or may not be hitting the market next year at some point. And then we will wrap the show with longtime sponsor, hugely successful competition cook, hugely successful rub injection sauce and grilling oil manufacturer, David Bosca of Butcher Barbecue, and he's got something new to announce. We will leave it at that. That's what we call a tease in the biz. Follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Do it now if you haven't. Also on Facebook, you get the live feed if you don't like YouTube. YouTube does have a chat, which I monitor somewhat. So if you want me to have a chance at seeing what you're writing, go ahead and jump over to YouTube. If not, I'll monitor the chat roll on Facebook after the fact and reply as necessary. So uh, it's not that I'm picking one over the other. One's just a little easier for me to follow. There you go. Follow me socially. Of course, lots of great reaction coming into the Embedded Correspondence segments from last week, especially going over the 2019 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame class. And the overwhelming majority of you agreed with this year's class, by the way. 
few of you thought we made a mistake here or there, but not enough for me to decide that I'm going to single you out in any form or fashion here in this open forum. Now, if you missed it, we changed it up a bit this year and going forward. We'll be picking a total of five people to go in from here on out. You need to have been a guest on this show in order to qualify as a potential inductee for the future classes of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. But that's it. You just have to be a guest. Now, myself, Stover from Portland, and the embedded correspondents, that's Doug and Steve and John and David, five, uh, so is that five? Doug, Steve, John, and David, four, Stover, five, me, six. So we pick five folks whom we think are worthy individually, and then everybody sends them to me, and then I quickly tabulate the results. And if we have a top five of vote-getters, all unique names, then those are the folks who would be making up that class of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame that year. If we aren't able to come up with five, which happened this year, we came up with four, but we needed a fifth one, we will all then nominate one person, extra or pick one out of our five and put them in as the one to argue for and we will argue for them amongst the panel we will then go around for a final vote after those arguments are finished and if at that point we are still unable to pick the final inductee i will make the final decision on who gets in that year and next year and the year after that and by the way If I think that the fifth person is an absolute travesty and for whatever reason I think shouldn't get in, guess what? They're not going to get in. I will unilaterally, because it is a dictatorship in the end, uh, maybe more of a, uh, uh, what do you call it when the king and queen rule? That's a dictatorship, I guess. Inevitably, it will be a dictatorship. And if I don't like the fifth one, I will put in who I want. Now, of course, I will try and be fair here and there, but what can I tell you? That's how it will go from here on out. Uh, Making up the 2019 class, if you missed it last week, Robin Lindars from the Grill Girl, Malcolm Reed, who we will talk to here in a minute, Angel Todd, Darren Worth, and Derek Riches. The Subway brisket evaluation gets pushed to this month coming up for the Embedded Correspondence segment. We will also compare the Subway brisket sandwich to the Arby's Smokehouse brisket sandwich. So stay tuned for that. Malcolm Reed coming up. Let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. They have 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings like Sweet Money or Regular Money or Cattle Prod or Cash Cow or Little Louie's Season Salt. The list goes on. If you want that West Coast offense diggity deal, you can pop over to BigPapaSmokers.com and also pick up some simply marvelous barbecue rub. Putting those two together makes that West Coast offense, whatever that means to you. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, 
as an alternative to what you're using currently, or maybe that has stalled your palate for whatever reason, give Brandy's a try. I think you're going to like it. And they got great cookers as well. Charcoal, wood, pellet. If you're looking for a great, easy-to-use pellet cooker, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill is the one you're going to want to take a look at. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer online, and they even offer special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet cookers, take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Also, a number of other cookers. If you have an ugly drum that you know you could make into an ugly drum cooker, but you don't know how to go from drum to cooker, Big Papa Smokers sells a UDS conversion kit. He will help you finish the job. If you have any questions, you call him at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or you shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, we are back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, and stuff to be announced later in this show, if you can believe. Oh, my. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. All right, joining me now is the creator of How to Barbecue Right or How to BBQ Right. You can pretty much Google how to BBQ right in anything. You get all the social media and the websites and podcasts and all that good stuff. And we roll to the hotline and welcome back monthly guest, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. Hey, hey man, it's been a month already. And it's been a month already. We are into the last business quarter of 2019. Let me tell you something. Every year as we cross the threshold from old year to new year in the first show, I always go, whatever the year, for instance, this year it was and 2019 is rapidly coming to a close, and I get the email, uh-huh, 2019 rapidly coming to a close. It just started. Well, guess what? 2019 rapidly coming to a close. I don't know if it snuck up on you or not, but here we are in the last quarter. So how's uh, how have the first three quarters been for how to BBQ right and Killer Hawks? Man, they've flown by. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems like we were just getting started back, you know, late January, early February, and here we are thinking about the holidays. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. Malcolm rejoining me here on the show. So before we get into some uh, talk about K, um, uh, about some uh, recipes and uh, some other uh, items, uh, specifically we were going to hit up a little bit on uh, barbecue trailer 
purchasing and uh, hunting, if you will. Uh, there was a major news announcement last week. I don't know if you heard about it, but you, along with four other people, inducted into the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. If you can believe, can you believe that? I am on. So first I've ever been inducted into anything. So <laughs> let, let alone a Hall of Fame, right? I mean, let the, you you throw the words Hall of Fame behind anything, and uh, perhaps it could be very, very important. Uh, unfortunately, this time it's associated with the Barbecue Central show, so I mean, perhaps it's not as uh, great as the Barbecue Hall of Fame. But hey, it's it, a Hall of Fame. It means as much to me, man. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate, I appreciate that. the honor, Greg. No doubt about it. So, uh, did you uh, prepare any uh, words or speeches for the Centralite that you I can give you uh, a couple of minutes if you'd care to? Well, hey, I just want to say thanks, and I appreciate everybody, you know, watching the. The videos and everything we put out, and I didn't, I didn't come, I didn't plan on doing this, but uh, thanks, Greg, and I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Malcolm has certainly been a, a sweeping contributor here to this show over the past ten months, and uh, through the history of the show, I mean, I remember when you put out the newsletter way back in the day, and uh, you know that was kind of cutting edge back when it was happening. I mean, you think of it now, and it seems a bit archaic, but the newsletter was really uh, kind of a thing back then, and they were always timely and they were really good uh, things that maybe I had been thinking about at some point but never thought about bringing it up on the show and you'd come in from time to time and you know over the years we've kind of trended together we got we were able to get together at the NBBQA a couple years ago out there in Fort Worth uh, do a little symposium about uh, being big shots on the internet uh, to all the other underlings that were over there and it's been a, a great uh, mutually beneficial relationship uh, even though it's been mostly you know, through the internet, I guess that's uh, like a, a lot of things already more these days. So uh, I certainly appreciate the relationship that we've been building over the years, but especially uh, this year as you've been coming on every month. I mean, I know you're certainly busy with all the videos and being a regular person too. So uh, spending some time with me each month has been absolutely great. And uh, you can thank your wife, Rochelle, too, because I know she plays a big part in it. She does. And, and man, I, you know, I, I appreciate the chance to always come on here because I've been a big fan of your show for a long time. And, you know, it, it, I think that we're both, you know, just kind of spread the word of barbecue, get more people involved with it. And that's what, that, to me, that's what it's all about. You know, it's real communal. So so the more people that we can bring into it and then turn on to barbecue, man, the better it is. No doubt. Better for both of us, uh, indeed, also. So let me ask you a quick question. You know, you typically, when you're competing, go under killer hogs. But last week... Might have been one of the more creative team names I have ever seen. So I have to ask you, uh, Post Oak Malone was the <laughs> team name, which is absolutely fat. I love Post Oak Malone. And it was like a, a, a branch, and the branch had tattoos on the face. I mean, it was a great play on both. Is that something that you had had in the reserves just waiting to bust out or what? We came up with that just, you know, probably two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> Enough time to... to, to hurry up and order a few t-shirts so we can have to put on i actually have a few left over i'll send you one man oh, send, yes. email send me your address and i'll mail you one yes um uh, rochelle created that and uh she worked with the the guy that does a lot of the barbecue logos he did a fantastic job I, don't make me call his names i don't know but he does you know, he does he's done a lot of people's logos online yeah and, oh man i know that guy's name too and uh, patrick carlson that's that's it. That's it. That's yeah, right. and it, it, it turned out. I mean, we were just doing it as a gag. A bunch of buddies that that this was our hometown contest. We didn't take it real seriously, and uh, you know, 
we just thought that was funny. We've been cooking on stick burners here, playing around and burning post oak, so it just went with it. How big of a fan are you of backyard competitions versus the traditional, I don't know if you call them pro competitions, but MBN, KCBS, something along these lines? I'm a fan, but that's how what got me started. We started doing backyards, so I've always, you know, had a special place for them. I think it's a great uh, learning, you know, atmosphere for people that are just wanting to dabble in competitive barbecue without, you know, jumping in with all the big heavy hitters. Um, it's a great place to, you know, work on your chops. Um, the the thing about them, the judging's not always, you know, you don't you don't you don't have necessarily certified judges. You got to think when you do a backyard, you're going up, and it might be some, you know, local celebrities there or people that have donated money to the contest they're running, things like that. So, you know, you, you can get a, a, a different shake in the judging process, but they're a lot of fun, man. It's a totally different atmosphere when you do a backyard contest. I mean, usually it's a party type thing and everybody's not just so serious and willing to help anybody out. And, you know, we really love it. Is it typically a one meet? competition or will you have multiple turn-ins like you would find at a, a at a sanctioned event most of the time you, you know you see ribs or maybe pork butts at these the ones that i see um they, they'll throw in some ancillaries for something to do on friday and you know usually they may have something special like a cornhole tournament or you know something like something along those lines so it's not your typical big four meats or you know even throwing hog or whole shoulders in there you don't see that very often it's it's usually rib based are you seeing more growth in that is that becoming more of a of a popular scene or is it stayed the same at least in your opinion over the last handful of years they've pretty much stayed the same you know um mbn probably had the biggest version of a backyard contest and they kind of phased theirs out and, and, and changed their whole organization yep. to bring the backyard guys in and that's what's really kept the, you know kept them up in the forefront of doing contests because it's you know a lot of those you, you might have 30 backyard guys that just don't want to go pro and so they kind of changed their rules and brought it into where it's just a blind box and took out some of the on site um, you know for fi- unless it's just finals and that brought that brought the backyard guys together so um, you know I see that part of it growing but you know just your typical small town they're always going to be about you know 20 to 30 teams hmm. is a big Yep, Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. HowToBBQRight.com is the website. A couple of the most recent recipes that I saw on the website were, uh, you know, one isn't like a, a crazy recipe, but it seems to be one that everybody kind of gets interested, especially when the word competition sits in front of it. And that was the competition chicken thighs. And I believe you had the pitmaster of, was it Fire Dancer Barbecue help you out with this? That's right, Mr. Eric Lee. He's... He's uh usually I'm chasing him in KCBS contests around this area. He's got a really good chicken recipe, and he's been cooking on his uh, jambo for a long time, ever since I've known him. And um, I wanted to learn how you know when I bring in those people like that, usually it's so I can learn something. That's the whole premise of it. And I wanted him to show me how he does competition chicken. Now he swears that's you know this is how he does it, and I'm sure he has some secrets he held back. But but I did learn some stuff on it, man. It was you know it was interesting to to get to be there firsthand and, and you know and, and watch him do his thing. So as someone who has competed in events where you have to turn in chicken, what were like some of the two or three biggest things that stuck out as like oh wow I never thought about doing that or I can't believe you do it that way? What was some of your watershed moments? 
Well, him being a one-man team, it was just it was amazing to see how simple he kept it. Yeah. Because when we think of doing chicken, man, it takes you know a, a lot of times we'll spend hour and a half, two hours sorting chicken, trimming it, weighing it, scraping all the fat, oh. getting all you know, just trying to make it perfect. And his whole thing was about man, it's it's just me, so I've got to make it easy on me. So he kept that real simple. And then the seasoning process was nothing to it. He did inject it, but I, I did like the way he put his racks that he was going to use already on the grill so they were warm so you're not shocking your chicken from coming over you know out of the butter to a cold rack he already had it warmed up and ready and he just made it look easy i mean that that was what you know a lot of people struggle with chicken and comps and he made it he made it really simple and, and you know I, I think he'd go out and win with it well obviously and obviously he is a very good chicken cook so he, he is winning with it i mean do you think that it's just part and parcel of people trying to overcomplicate something that maybe should remain a, a bit more simple. I think that's a big part of it. And a lot of, you know, his first part of cooking, he said chicken is the, the one time of the day where he don't touch the, he walks away from the grill. This is where he goes and socializes. He knows he's got that 45 minute time limit built in that he's can go. Just don't do nothing. Mm. It's going to cook the same. And then when he comes back and, and actually puts the butter on it and, and, you know, lets it finish up, he don't touch it again. So that, just keeping it simple like that and not messing with it is, is, you know, I think that's that's probably what's really helping guys that are that are being real successful. Is they've got this system down and they know what the result's going to be and they just stick to it and don't miss a lick. One of the things that I found incredibly fascinating as I was listening, and I listened to this particular show, I think it was released like two weeks ago or whatever it was, so I'm up doing my morning run and I'm listening to the Hot Barbecue Right podcast to keep me going through that 5K that I do. And you would ask him something about, like, you know, do you tempt the chicken, blah, blah, blah. And he proceeds to say, no, I'm running it like it was 275 or whatever it was on the Jambo. And uh, he's like, and he kept it, was it foiled for like an hour? I mean, it seemed like it was forever in a day that this stuff was in the foil. And he said, hey, you know, if I really took it out and stuck a probe in it, it would probably read like 205 or 206. And I was like, holy shit, that's like brisket temperature. He's, he's cooking it a lot further than we do, than we normally do. And that was what, you know, my, my chicken time's usually about an hour, 10 minutes. All That's all it's on the grill at the same temps. And sometimes I'll even let it run 300. But he left his own uncovered the first time, which we don't leave it uncovered as long as he does. And then when he covered it, man, it was, you know, like you said, it was another hour. And that was, to me, I would have thought it would have been nuked. Yep. And I, I think what happened there was he didn't put as much butter as a lot of guys are using. You know, he just put a pat on top of each piece. And a lot of times, you know, chicken recipes I do, we, you know, we put a whole squeeze bottle or two sticks all the way around it. So we've got it floating in butter. And, you know, I don't know if that was part of what slowed it down, but his time at that temp was a little bit longer. And he told me he didn't even own a thermometer. He Mm -hmm. never uses any category. It's all just repetitive of what he's got down. Testament. <laughs> yeah, I mean that well, yeah, I mean I I, I don't know. I, I I think on like some stuff like on chicken, if you're running at that temperature and you've cooked it for two hours, I mean there's certainly there's no need to wonder if it's done or not. I mean and it's probably gonna blow up if it's overcooked. So if you open up the foil and you see it's still the way you like it, you're probably good and you're safe. The other stuff I agree. I think you wanna take a temp just in case or you want the feel, but Man, I guess if you're a one-man show and you've been doing it the same way for however long he's been doing it, I mean, you probably can kind of tell by a little squeeze and a little eyesight where you're at and if you're hitting your marks. That's, you know, that's what I, you know, think it is too. I'm sure when he first started, he was, you know, tipping just like all of us. 
And I've even got to the point, there's a lot of things, like I don't really temp ribs. And, you know, I do watch, you know, my pork and, and, and my uh, brisket, but we don't tip chicken either. We know. And I think the phosphate injections really what lets them take that chicken up so high over mm-hmm. 200 mm-hmm. because it's still juicy. It's still holding all that moisture. If you just took a regular piece of chicken and tried to do that, it'd be dry. But when would you inject all that stuff in it, man? It, it, it makes it soak it up. Yeah, check out that video, by the way. It is on Malcolm's YouTube page, How to BBQ Right, and uh, see what's happening out there with Eric Lee and that chicken recipe or the competition uh, competition chicken recipe. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to hit with you tonight uh, is the barbecue trailer. And uh, you had uh, Heath Riles on uh, this past week. or So it's the, the, the latest release into the How to Barbecue Right feed. And uh, he pulled off an incredible competition, you know, the week before out in Murfreesboro, and he was the grand champion on both the NBA and the KCBS sides. I mean, Heath Riles is an incredible pit master, and anybody that knows competition knows how accomplished this guy is. But I found the trailer conversation to be quite fascinating. I mean, I've always thought about getting a trailer, but it's always just been a thought. But when you, because I don't compete, but when you guys are actually doing it, trailers have become part and parcel of a sign of success or a sign of wanting to keep barbecue stuff in one place, as you had kind of mentioned during the show. So how are you looking for a barbecue trailer? And we'll kind of start there and, and maybe we can start to piece together some questions and, uh, you know, common thoughts. Well, I'm, I'm, the reason I'm looking for one kind is because we've done war hours out pretty much. Or, yeah. uh, so, um, but the, what I'm looking for when I get one, me and Waylon, are usually the only ones staying in our trailer when we're out cooking a comp. We want to be comfortable, but we also want it to be functional, man. We've got to have it to where it's almost like a small kitchen in there. We've got to have our hot, you know, running water place to clean all our dishes. We've got to have enough counter space to work the briskets and butts. And we need some storage to keep everything out of the way. And that's, you know, that, those are the main things that we're, that I'm looking for, but I'm also, uh, I'm ready to step up to one that's got onboard facilities. Uh, you know, the, a lot of these trailers, when I first got my barbecue trailer, nobody thought about putting a toilet or a shower in them. And now, you know, you see them all the time. Guys are stepping up. I mean, the first one I bought was like $13,000. It wasn't, I mean, that's, that was a lot of money for me back in the day. Sure. Uh, you know, it's probably been seven, eight years ago to buy a barbecue trailer, but now we're looking at them and they're costing 30 grand or more. Oh, yeah. And people are putting all kinds of stuff in them, double AC units onboard generators you know the bathrooms tvs light show it, you can get as fancy as you want on these things it's it's incredible what they're doing from a size standpoint how are you gauging what you need is it one of those things where you kind of map out on paper i need this much of a porch to put a cooker on and do i want to leave it open or do i want to enclose it and how much workspace do we need and then when you come up with that number you say okay now we're going to also tack on you know, four feet either side, just to, just in case, you know, buy, buy a little bit bigger in the end? That's, you know, I start with the porch area, how much room we need to cook. And typically for, for our setup, we need at least about eight, eight foot back there mm. on the back end. That's for our cookers, maybe a little prep table. Uh, I'm not going to get an onboard generator. I'm going to roll my Honda generator up on it, and I'm going to take a drum with me. So, I'm, you know, I need some space back there. And then we go to kind of where – um, the kitchen prep area is how much, you know, how much space we need there. Plus we know we're going to put two beds in it. And so you, you kind of know right away we're at, you know, about 22 foot, 20, 22 foot right there. And then when you go and put the bathroom, you need another six, seven foot. 
So that's pushing me up in that 28 foot range. If I want to, that that's my hang up. Do I want to spend that extra money and get the bathroom or do I want to stay in the same size and be able to, to pull down the road easier to back into spots easier? Uh, you know, when, when you got almost 30 foot trailer going down the road, that's, that's a pretty daggum big rig. Well, it's a big rig, and then you probably have uh, what a fifteen foot truck or so that's got to pull that rig. So you're you know plus forty feet rolling down the highway combined. Do you have to have uh, like a Class B license or or any special license for that or no? I don't think you do. It's still kind of in that. Um, I, I guess they classify it as more of a, a, a camper truck trailer. So you really don't have to have a certain classification that I know of. I know some states. If you're all logoed up and you're running it like a business, you need to have a CDL going down the road. But I know, you know, and there's there's states that really get on you, and there's some that they're lax on it. You never hear anybody getting stopped. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing we've never logoed up our trailers because, as far as anybody concerned, going down the road, I'm going camping. I'm just happy to be cooking. You know, <laughs> right? Camping only in the fact that you're going in between cooks and you're sleeping in yeah. between, no doubt. Uh, so from a from a price standpoint, I mean, are you really looking at an entry of 30,000 and up and and do you have to have the internal struggle of it's almost like buying a, I mean it's it's nothing like buying the cooker but it's also like buying your first real cooker I mean you've spent maybe a couple hundred bucks on a smoker and then you realize okay I want to step it up and you start looking into you know a close pit or a gator uh, like offset or you start looking at the fast steady pellet cookers i mean you know, or the jambos and all of a sudden you're like oh holy shit am i going to spend 10 grand on a cooker when i was looking at one for like 200 bucks and you you know where the quality is but you're having the internal financial struggle or, or uh, argument with yourself too i mean you do you run in the same situation that's what's been my hold up all year you know <laughs> We joked about it on the podcast. Shell said I had the green light, but you know it's one thing to like to turn around and know that I'm going to drop thirty grand on a trailer. Man, that's a lot of money, yeah. and it's still just a barbecue trailer at that point. I mean, if I was going to spend that kind of money, I'm almost torn to try to find a, a really good RV in that. You know, a little bit. It might be a little bit more expensive, but I could do more family stuff with it. And a lot of guys go that route. So that's I haven't been like in a hurry to pull the trigger on one. Because my trailer is still functional and it still gets the job done, but um, it's 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 coming. I just I, it's hard to it's hard to drop that dime <laughs> and on, on the that's a big chunk of change, Greg. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm I'm nervous talking about it with you, and it's your money, so I mean that that definitely is a, a big chunk. So uh, we will continue to track Trailer Progress 2019. Uh, perhaps it bleeds into 2020, and we'll see how it goes. In the meantime. We will find Malcolm Reed back here the first Tuesday of every month, and you can find him at howtobbqright.com and also the same handle for his social media. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks for all you do, Greg. Man, have a good one. We'll see you at turkey time next month. Here we go. Get ready for those turkey recipes, Malcolm. You know, they're going to be on his website and uh, they'll probably be talking turkey on the podcast as well so look for malcolm reed coming up to talk turkey here on this show angel todd coming up out of the break and talking a little competitive steak barbecue guru has always believed that barbecue can be easy and fun especially with the monolith barbecue guru edition grill that's right if you are a huge fan of ceramic style cookers but you want something that has a lot of accessories, that's a little bit more price palatable, and has a built-in power draft fan already, 
Monolith is the one you want to take a look at. It's the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. Also, if you have a Guru controller, you take the controller, you put it in the built-in power draft fan, and you're off and running. As I had mentioned before, it comes with a whole bunch of accessories. If you want to double the cooking capacity on ribs, get the rib ring that Barbecue Guru came out with a little while ago. Great accessories over there. If you have any questions, you call them at 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or visit the website bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, Angel Todd, coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com to purchase, or visit Amazon.com. You can purchase there as well if you want. And why wouldn't you? Sometimes better shipping uh, at CookinPellets.com. Also, you can search for a dealer on CookinPellets.com. Keep an eye out for that new app to be released as well. It's free. Hey, earlier this year, my next guest made her debut on the show with her win at the very first SEA event in Ohio, Hardville Hardware to be exact. And she came on to talk about the win. One of the unique items here is that that she is just 17 years old and her interview was great. So much so that the voting members of the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame committee put her in the class of 2019. So how about that? Has this new accolade changed the life of this Pittsburgh resident forever? Probably. Let's go to the hotline and find out. Joining me now, the 2019 Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame inductee, Angel Todd. Angel, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show this evening. So, uh, you know, Angel, let's go ahead through the past seven days of learning of this great new accolade uh, being inducted into the guest hall of fame has it been uh, let's say a whirlwind have the phones been ringing off the hook tv appearance requests request of radio interviews at its security at school perhaps i mean what has life been like now um not that crazy although i wish but i just want to say i'm very thankful for everything and very humble um the opportunities i've had have been incredible Especially for a girl my age, it's it's just crazy. Are you still seventeen, or have you like crossed over into to eighteen yet? No, I'm still seventeen. Right, my birthday's not until May. Till May? Oh, hey, my oldest daughter's in May too. There you go. Is it May eighth? Twenty eighth. Oh, all right, twenty eighth. Twenty days off. No problem. That's close enough. Um, all right, so uh, not huge life changes, but uh, maybe small life changes for the better. Uh, have you have you mentioned in the past seven days to somebody like, oh, by the way, I'm a Hall of Famer, and you're not? Um, my friends know, but like, I don't think they completely understand it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, what are their questions? Like a hall of fame of what? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I'm like, you wouldn't understand. Yeah. Just, just know that I am. Yeah, I am. And you're not beat it. Loser <laughs> non hall of famer friends at school. All right. So all kidding aside, um, 
Did you have any idea that there was such thing as a Barbecue Central Show guest hall of fame prior to me sending you the email last week? Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because uh, this is only technically the second class, but last year was the inaugural year, and we did this huge induction. So I did basically did it the complete opposite way that the Barbecue Hall of Fame in Kansas City did it when they took over. And I said, we're just going to put in a whole bunch of people up front, and then every year going forward will be way more discerning, and we'll have this whole big process. And I thought it was... You know, pretty telling. You so as you had mentioned, you know, seventeen years old, still in high school. Um, tip, not the typical guest that I would have on the show, right? So for my Oklahoma and Tennessee and Michigan and Texas guy, and then that kook over in Portland, uh, who had all had your name up on whether it be an original list or their refined list, uh, there was only one other person that got more votes than you, and that was Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's who happens to be like the winningest man in barbecue history ever on the face of the earth. So to be like second to him is almost like being first anyway. So I think that's pretty telling in how your first appearance was and how you came off. And uh, man, it's, it's a, a pretty impressive, I thought it was a pretty impressive get for somebody that had been on the show just earlier in the year, considering the length the show has been in existence. For sure. I was so nervous that day. So it was like, that's like, what's so crazy to me. I like hate talking to people like in publics. So, like right now I'm just pretending that like no one's watching. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Angel Todd joining me here on the show. So um, last time you were on, we were recapping your win over at the first state cook off association event in Ohio, which happened to be at the Hartville hardware store. So have you been doing more SEA events since then in an effort to like gain more game time exposure or uh, game time experience before the big world championships? Yes, I have competed twice since then. Um, once was at the end of August, which was actually my dad and I's event. We have we yep. hosted it at my stepmom's Ace Hardware. And I placed fifth there out of, I think there was 35 people. Wow. So that was crazy because there were a lot of big names there. Um, and then in Georgia, I placed third. It was like they did a um, competition between the Ace Hardware uh, retailers and vendors. Oh. So I competed in both of those, and I got third there, too. Wow. So, I mean, the worst finish in three SEA events by – and these are – you're cooking on your own, correct? Yes. Yeah. So you're first on your own, third on your own, fifth on your own. I mean, to me, that's every SEA event you've done, you've been in the top five or better. So, I mean, that's a, a pretty good point. Right. Yeah. So uh, things are going well, and it's not just kind of a flash in the pan. You have a program that you're running, and it's obviously successful. So gearing up for the SEA World Championships, which is this coming weekend, uh, October 4th, what's the agenda you are going to run down there, and does it change at all from what you have been doing these past you know, three or four events leading up to this weekend? I actually wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was like, I have to change it because I don't know like what the judges down there want, but all of them, there's judges that come from all over the world. So mm. I'm just going to stick with what I know and what's been winning. So Has that been a consultation that you've had with your dad and some other fellow state cooks where, you know, your mindset was like, Hey, you know, maybe I want to change it up a bit. Cause you said, Hey, I don't know what the palate is going to be expecting down there. And they're like, Whoa, 
dance with the one that brought you or whatever old guys say. And uh, so, you know, well, if it's been successful here, you know, why would you change it regardless? Right. Yeah, that was definitely a conversation that was said between my dad and I and a lot of the guys. I was like, do I need more spice? Do I need more sweet? Do I need this? Do I need that? But we're just going to roll with what I use. So you've done two other events prior to the Ohio event. You have the big one coming up. But in between there, there's a lot of time at home. Are you doing an insane amount of home practice or not so much? No, because my stuff has actually been with um, a guy who lives up in Butler. It's about an hour or so away from us. And he's graciously driving down and he's taking all of my stuff. So I don't even have any of my stuff to practice with. I'm like, I have it down. So <laughs> dad doesn't have an extra grill laying around. And, right. Is he like it's well, my grill and not your grill? We did practice with my stepmom's big green egg and I hated it. It got like so hot way too fast and I did not like it. I'm just going to stick with my Weber. Um, so you use a Weber kettle grill? Yes. Is it a summit charcoal or just the normal uh, like one touch kettle? Yeah, it's just. Just normal kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would say don't be messing around on a big green egg if you're not going to be cooking on it. I mean, you don't want to. Get any bad it was habits. just to get one practice, yeah. but it was bad. <laughs> yeah, bad practice, right? That sucks. So, yeah. Um, do you do you get an or do you think you get an upper hand to some degree because your dad Keith is an SEA judge and, and rep, as you had mentioned, uh, you are too, by the way. So he can give you an expert evaluation of any practicing that you would be doing versus having like one of your friends come down and be like, oh, yeah, Angel is like the best steak I've ever had. And you're like, no, I need to know like the real feedback. He has the ability to, to give you that because of being a rep, being a judge. It's definitely nice knowing he has a lot more information than the average person off the street would. But I wouldn't say I have an advantage, especially because I beat him multiple times before. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys ever have competing steak cook-offs at home um well we do i would it's not really a competition we just try for flavor and have my stepmom judge them and normally she likes mine more <laughs> wow i mean you do a lot of winning <laughs> uh world championships coming up this weekend uh, fort worth texas have you ever been to fort worth before no i'm very excited have you ever been to texas before no no was the farthest you've ever been that georgia contest you were talking about I've been to Orlando, so now. Oh, yeah. Okay, like for Disney World or whatever? Um, it was for the A-Show. Oh, for, you went for the A-Show? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Great. Um, were you just like uh, checking it out, or were you working it? My stepmom owns an A-Store, so we were with her. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right. So do you like, uh, you have the secret line in to like, hey, mom, uh, get some of this product or some of that product in for the shelves, and you know, meanwhile, <laughs> like Angel Shelf? I've I try, but they did start carrying one of the rubs that I do use, so that was nice. So you're using the Weber grill, um, fuel-wise, uh, I forget what we were talking about uh, earlier in the summer. Are you a lump or a, a briquette gal? Um, I have used both and obviously succeeded with both, mm -hmm. so I don't really have a preference. Are you going to be using lump or briquette down at the World Championships? Honestly, I don't know. It's whatever my dad got. I want to say it's lump. Maybe it's brick ass. Honestly, I'm not sure. Really? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, all right. Well, flavor profile wise, um, what are you using? 
commercial grade barbecue rub. Yes, look at you. <laughs> well played. So anybody can get it, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. There, I I do use two, and one I put more on than the other, mm-hmm. and it's readily available for anyone. All right. Uh, is it? Uh, would you say that? This is like a, a combo that's used on the SEA circuit, or you just see it around, whether it be through SEA or competition barbecue? I've honestly never seen anyone use the one that I use, and my dad tells me that all the time. He's like, I don't know how hmm. you do so good with this, because I would never put that on a steak. So it's crazy. The one I do use is known. It's Boar's Night Out White Lightning. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty well-known one i don't yeah. know why would your dad say that when you routinely <laughs> pound him into the ground i can't believe he would i would never say that if somebody's beating i know you. yikes <laughs> so are you concerned at all angel when you get down there and you set up that there's going to be any kind of nerves or the big stage type of feeling that might get you to any degree the nerves are already setting in we fly out tomorrow so i'm like <laughs> shaking <Wow. laughs> um how do you anticipate working through that, I guess? Um, consistency, just doing what I always do and what I know has gotten me to where I am. I mean, nerve-wracking wise, is that more nerve-wracking or coming on to talk about the 2019 Barbecue Central Show Guest <laughs> Hall of Fame induction more nerve-wracking? Beyond. The championship is definitely more nerve-wracking. What? <laughs> I've never been so uh, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> all right, so it's going to be... Have you allowed yourself at all? Uh, and I know we're not looking ahead and it's always the contest, blah, 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 whatever. If at the end of Saturday, is it Saturday that the competition actually takes place? Yes. Yeah, okay. But at the end of Saturday, you get down to this last ticket and I think they call numbers and then, you know, you're going to be. And if it was your number, do you have any idea like how you would react? Would you just be like crowd surfing up to grab the trophy and the check <laughs> or would you just be like in shock? Like, What's your typically like your emotional state on really big things when they happen? I think I would just be in shock. Like when I did win my ticket, I didn't even do anything. I just like stood up and I turned and looked at my dad and I had nothing to say. And then when I got that fifth place at our contest, I I was actually happy there because my dad called my ticket, so that was it was cute. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm very excited for you, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Now, uh, promises, promises. If you happen to when, – <laughs> when you rip the SCA World Grand Championship down in Fort Worth, uh, I am going to be off a week from tonight, but the 15th, uh, you will come back on and we'll break down how you're a world champion? Absolutely. All right, so uh, I will write that down right now. Uh, before I let you go, uh, you're a Pittsburgh-based um, – Best steakhouse in Pittsburgh if anybody's going to go visit and they, they want a steak. What do you think? Honestly, I used to hate steak, so I literally <laughs> have no idea. Like, I would order my steak well done. I'm like, if you make a steak, Dad, like, it has to be well. So this has, like, completely <laughs> changed my life. I wow. couldn't even tell you one steakhouse in Pittsburgh. What's the best restaurant in Pittsburgh? Your opinion? Ooh, that's hard. Yeah. Um, probably Primanti's, even though I don't go there very often, but it is good. All right. So if anybody's listening and visiting Pittsburgh, Primanti's, is that what you said? Yeah, Primanti Brothers. Primanti, all right. Primanti Brothers is the place to go. Uh, she will be taking her swipe at winning the world championship over at the State Cookoff Association's big event down in Fort Worth, Texas this coming weekend. It's Angel Todd, and she is a Barbecue Central Show guest 
Hall of Famer 2019 class. Angel, thanks so much, and we wish you nothing Thank but you. luck. You got it. There she Thank goes. You very much. Go! Go bring back that crown, Angel. Outrageous. I can't believe Keith is like, hey, man, are you kidding me with that rub? You can't be using that, right? I mean, that. Take a hike. Who's winning golden tickets, Dad? Me. Angels winning golden tickets. I would give you a bottle of this rub because it's obviously the secret. But because you're pounding me, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. And then I'll take fifth, and then I'll take third, and now we're rolling to the world championships in Fort Worth, Texas. By the way, all the other great steak cookers are going to be around Fort Worth this coming weekend. So if you're going to be out there, not sure like how much of a spectator event it is, but Fort Worth is a great town. I had a good time there when I was covering MBBQA. So we'll see how it goes. That was Angel Todd. And we will be right back to close out the first hour. Stick around. Be right back. Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Angel Todd for joining me last segment. Talking about the upcoming world, uh, sorry, steak cook-off association's world championships taking place in Fort Worth, Texas this coming weekend. And we wish her well and see if she comes out on top. See if show karma attaches because, as we know, it never doesn't not work. Never doesn't. Always works. Backyard Barbecue Show saying the secret seasoning is popcorn seasoning. Maybe. Like butter flavor popcorn seasoning, kinger, or nacho popcorn seasoning. Because my youngest uses that. Uh, nacho popcorn. Ugh. So gross. When I pop popcorn, you know, maybe a little butter flavoring. I'm not like extra triple movie butter popcorn guy. You know it's not real butter in movie popcorn, right? It's plastic. Heated plastic that has butter flavoring in it, and they dump it all over the kernels. And it doesn't even really get down the way it should. I mean, there's a whole thing. I 
worked in the concession stand in a couple of different movie theater houses as I was coming up in the mean streets of Bainbridge, Ohio. It's not anything that I would want to be eating. That butter. No way. It's not butter. Anything that comes in a jug that says butter oil, not good. You don't want to eat that. The thing that sticks out in my mind mostly is when you had the uh, uh, rather large man or lady, fella or lady, come in and get the extra large bucket of popcorn and then make you stop three different times to layer the butter in so as they ate down, they could always have buttered kernels. So meanwhile, they have you know an eight-pound bucket of popcorn, but... I'll take the small diet soda. <laughs> yeah, diet. <laughs> that clears the eight pounds of popcorn right up. Diet soda. Small. Light ice, please. Light ice. <laughs> light ice. Yes, light it. Do you want no ice or light? Light ice, please. Light. Oh, that's too much. Okay. Uh, also... I'm not sure when I will actually get to fit this into the show because this has to be a live segment when it happens. But somewhere over the next course of shows, like in the next month or so or whatever, we are going to have somebody everybody knows. All of you know him if you've been watching the show here over the last year. You all know him. He has a story of outright ridiculousness as it relates to his Traeger cooker. And let me tell you, when you hear this story regaled to you in its raw form, you'll think it's made up. You're going to think it's a bit like Briskydorf, which, by the way, I can't believe that that Briskydorf thing was exposed. It's outrageous. But when this person comes on and tells you this story, I guarantee you're going to think it's a bit. But I can confirm through the source itself and the source's father, who's really more the source, that the story you will hear and that will horrify you to no end is 100% true and 100% horrifying. Horrifying. Because I own a Traeger grill, not the same version as his does, but I have other cookers that are similar in setup and that have the similar attributes to what caused this horrifying story. And after he tells the story, I'm immediately going to email and instant chat reaction to hear and or look at, same thing happened to me. I'm glad somebody finally said it because I've been dying to let this cat out of the bag. I can't believe it was true. Yin's Love Barbecue in the instant chat. Grill your steak off is a most excellent event. Her and Keith put on a really fun event and it raises money for Children's Hospital. Guy the Cooking Sam is asking if Max is okay. I don't know who Max is. Oh, you mean Max good? Max is good. 
course. That is not the person I'm talking about, by the way. But everybody knows. Anyway, I'm going to try and get that horrifying story in here over the next coming weeks. Because you need to suffer in silence now like I have to. Till I can share it with the world. Second hour coming up. Stick around. Be right back. <laughs> 